Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. The secret awaits eyes unclouded by ambition. What? Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia. The glow. Hail. You are glowing right now. It's beautiful. It's uh, radioactive. Oh, is it the ooze or did you go into a trauma movie? I thought... It was yogurt, Jeff, and I ate it. Why did somebody leave it out like that? It was the ooze stuff. (laughs) People, we are the Canon Canon. We are the podcast that talks about Canon films and all of their amazing output. And we also do could have been a Canon's. And today, been a (laughs) Canon. Hi, I'm Stacy Keach. No, what's his name? <laughs> Stacy Keach. I know it was Stacey as soon as Keech I said. Is... <laughs> I know. I su- I knew it even from what I said. Stacy. <laughs> Wait, you mean uh, uh, Sandy Kenyon? Yes, that's what I meant. And you knew it, so it all yes, worked. Yes, but I wanted out. to call you out like a real jerk. I'm a I'm a jerk because you're a jerk. People, <laughs> we cover uh, the amazing output of canon, and we sometimes do our could have been a canons. And today. Today it was I, I do think it's uh it's a big coulda. Yeah, it's a big coulda. I think but, this is like it's it's surprising that this isn't a canon. Yeah. I uh I think uh, you know what? I think it's only not a canon because Barry Gordy is acting like the Menachem and Yoram in this yep. occasion. Like mm-hmm. and it obviously like that's a bold statement to say is like if there was no Barry Gordy, then Last Dragon would here. I mean, Last Dragon would not exist yeah. without Barry Gordy. But yeah, you you are not merging those two powerhouses with this powerhouse. Uh Barry Gordy, famous uh I guess what would you call him? Tastemaker, uh, producer, uh extraordinaire of yeah, talent. exploiter. <laughs> yes. Uh shover of music videos into movies. Oh. Uh uh yeah. Motown himself, Barry Gordy. But that is of course means we're covering the last dragon today. Yeah. Or as as I like to think of it, the bridge between Big Trouble and Little China. And the apple. Yeah. Like, it's like, I was like, watching it for the first time, only because I wouldn't have known what the apple is when I was a kid, because I did not watch the apple, but watched Big Trouble a billion times. And right. also, we'll talk about it in a second, The Last Dragon, a lot of times. Yeah. Um, it's just, it is right in between, and we'll get into why it's kind of this right in between world. But, uh, yeah, we are doing Last Dragon. What year? I know this is my problem. 1985. 1985. (laughs) We are going back in time to when everyone glowed and ordered tabs. Oh, yeah. And people, uh, this movie, look, well, just I'm going to speak for Frank because I think I can speak for Frank. Please do. I'm too meek. You're, 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 in this occasion, we are in simpatico. 
I am voiceless. Give me yeah. a voice. I, I, you, I am the voice of the voiceless. And that voice says, it's a great movie, baby. I love it. I can't help. This is one of those things where, like, Jeff, we talked about not too long ago about just being like, you can see if somebody watches it now who's, ne- who's never seen it and they're like, what is this? Yeah. But if you saw it at a certain point in your life or you're in a certain mood, you're just like, this movie rocks. I mean, this movie rules. So, yeah. You know, it's just if, awesome. Like, even if you love it, and we'll get into it, our catchphrase, when you're watching it, you're definitely like, what is going on? Why yeah. is this logic? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I don't care. Right. Exactly. <laughs> sorry, you were supposed to talk for me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Your voice is too loud for this voiceless voice. <laughs> I mean, I have been thinking about that a lot, that. You know, it is part of this podcast, like, because we say it all the time, we are not a nostalgia podcast. We are just watching the movies we do currently still love, but also often reevaluating them. But there is always, like, it's not a uh, statement not said a billion times, but, like, there are just some movies that you give a pass to if you saw as a kid. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it a lot with the Texas School Dropouts and Dutch Treat if you were a child in Europe. <laughs> um, seeing these movies, but because I've been I, thinking. I, by the way, I met a, I met a, a dad at uh, my daughter's school who is from um, Holland, and I wanted to talk to him, being like, "Hey, man, you ever rock to the Dolly Dots?" I, I, I have a uh, a, a friend of my son's dad, and also a friend of mine that is from Switzerland. Uh-huh. And I was like, I want, I was like, yeah, the Dolly Dots ever rocked over to your neck of the woods right. far enough? Um, oh, yes, Dutch treats. Yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the Ferrari scene in Detective yeah, School right. Dropouts. Is, we say that that's a classic comedy scene. <laughs> it's classic comedy for me growing up. <laughs> um, I... I, I've been I've been watching. I think I told you this, and maybe you've talked about it in the pod. I've been watching the Raiders movies mm-hmm. because uh, they're getting covered on uh, James Bonding, uh, Matt Gorley, and Matt Myra's podcast. But they're doing it with Paul Rust because of the new one. And I have realized, and why I'm doing it is because I never saw Temple of Doom. Like I watched it and realized I have never seen this movie what? Really? at all. That's and true. Raiders, I watched in bits and pieces broken up, but I realized I have never watched that movie wow. all the way through. Yeah. And so it's a whole different experience for me. Like I was yeah. talking about it to our buddy, John Murray. And I was just like, so Temple of Doom's real goofy, huh? And also like dark in a weird way. Yeah. And the dinner scene's real hard to deal with. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, and he's like, yeah. He's like, they're children's movies. You watch them when you're a child. And if you did it, but that also speaks to why I do this podcast with you is like, I certainly watched Alan Quatermain a thousand times. (laughs) Rented King Solomon's Mind. That's perfect. So many times, but never watched those movies. And so, yeah, it's just like I don't have the reverence for Indiana Jones. Like, I probably have seen Last Crusade more than any of them. I know. I saw that. in the. That was the one I saw in the theater. 
Yeah, that's the only one, too, I can quote with. Like, you were named after the dog? <laughs> <laughs> that sticks in my brain. But I th- I've been, I was thinking about that because I also am now on a tear of, like, wanting to rewatch Spielberg movies. But as an adult and realizing, yeah. like, when you watch Spielberg and he's just like, oh, and you, if you're a film snob, too, like a film school snob, and you're just like, he's a populist, like, filmmaker. Like, and I'm like, you know, there's a big chunk of me that sits in my brain that like thinks that. But also, it is interesting to watch if I watch it as like, I think because we're watching him process it and I haven't seen it yet in like the Fablemans. And then you're like, yeah. oh, each of these movies are still the product of where he's at. Yep. And it's like, and as John Murray says, like, oh yeah, Temple of Doom when he's getting divorced, yep. and he's got this weird darkness, but he also is uncomfortable with adult emotions, so he hides them behind like goofy jokes and kids, mm-hmm. and like I'm like, oh man, this is gonna give a whole new layer to this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was part why this is all leading to is like Last Dragon is definitely a movie that I would be like as you said like well if you didn't see it as a kid you gotta put your brain in that mindset (laughs) yeah i think it's just like kind of one of those like you have to put it in context of like what are the movies that i love that from a kid that maybe either didn't age well or i've had experience with people watching and they're like this is your favorite movie you know like (laughs) okay one of my friends though uh, that i worked with at cbs and who's a uh, phenomenal writer who's worked on a lot of shows. His name is Bill Posley. And this is like one of his uh, favorite movies. And he's been trying to get it remade. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. It is like, uh, uh, it's look, this is a cult classic right here. That's right. (laughs) Let's get in our way back machine and go back to 1985. You gotta go back in time to watch the last <laughs> dragon with me. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it is it. It's a super interesting movie, and I definitely was like, oh, I have maybe even different things to talk about with it than I thought I would. Yeah. Before rewatching it, because I don't think I've rewatched this. I don't think I've watched it since I was a kid. This is one. Oh wow. That hasn't like I watched it a billion times because on HBO. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I had a VHS dub of it somewhere. It's tape from on HBO. HBO Max. And now it's on HBO Max. Or whatever the fuck it's going to be called. Yeah. Whenever, uh, HBO Discovery Plus or Discover shows that don't exist. Um, uh, and I, yeah, I don't think I've really watched it since then. So all of my feelings were, you know, childhood feelings <laughs> watching it, including, and I'll definitely get into this, my feelings on the main character himself. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, before we get into it, like, we should do some facts here. The Last Dragon. let's do it. The Last Dragon, a.k.a. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, came out March 22nd, 1985, uh, released by TriStar Motown and Delphi 3 Productions, and directed by Michael Schultz, who we know from Crush Groove, Cooley High, Car Wash, a shit ton of TV. Yeah. I mean... I mean the 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 resume is there. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah, and looks like those movies. Like honestly, like yeah. looks like in my memory of Crush Group. Like I was like, yep, yep, great director, great director. I really love the style. Uh, written by Luis Ven- uh, Venos Venosta. I don't know I if I'm think, saying this right. Venosta. Yeah. 
uh, who wrote Bird on a Wire, if you remember <laughs> yeah, that movie. That's it. How, did you ever watch Bird on the Wire? <laughs> I saw it as a kid, and I don't remember anything about it, honestly. It definitely was an almost rent for a lot of yeah. my life. <laughs> Where you would have it in your hand, and then you'd see something else, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go with this one. Yeah, I'm going to get King Solomon's Minds again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Ghoulies 2. Got it. Uh, Ghoulies 2, Bugsy Malone, double feature. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so budget was $10 million, and the gross was, according to IMDb, 25.7, but on Wiki it says $33 million. Okay. Maybe one of them wasn't counting foreign? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's just bad facts. <laughs> bad facts. That's the internet. Um, yeah. So we're talking about 1985. I already did the back in time joke, so I don't need to do it again, but I will. Gonna go back in time. <laughs> Number one, Back to the Future, Beverly Hills Cop, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Rocky 4, Cocoon, Witness, The Goonies, and Police Academy 2, their first assignment, Fletch, and A View to a Kill. Jeff. Where do you think this landed at a 200? 52. Close, 31st. Wow, even higher yeah. than... Wow, that's it, pretty it good. It beat Fright Night and was beat by uh, a, oh, a Passage to India? Is that what that is? Yes, uh, A Passage yeah. to India, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, it did better than I thought. Yeah, did yeah. much better than I thought. It was, I guess, just more of a critical failure. Yes. Um, Probably didn't even, though with those numbers, they didn't do as much as Barry Gordy was hoping for. Like, no, probably expected to be like blowing out. <laughs> it's what we'd call now a critic proof movie. Yes, definitely. Uh, then, not critic proof. No. <laughs> because, like, now it's like you, you read, you go on Rotten Tomatoes or what have you, and it'll have like a reviewer score and audience score. And you'll see a lot of times with like kind of cheaper films or action films these days where like that uh, reviewer score will be very low and the audience sure. will be fresh, certified fresh. And, and you know, is it, it's hard to decide which one to really judge because it's critics don't love genre that much or don't nope. get it. And audiences are idiots who rate things and will pump up the shit that they might not really love but they've decided they love it more than anything you know what i use my own eyes and ears to judge <laughs> my number one reviewer my heart god damn it that's right you can never take it away <laughs> you can't take this one away from me i tell you my heart says this is a fun watch oh yeah um so yeah this is uh, uh, uh like i said at the beginning it it kind of is a mix of uh, the Apple and Big Trouble in Little China. Like, it's mm -hmm. essentially, and, I mean, a lot of things. Because they, they say musical, but it's not completely musical. It's more of, yeah. we have shoved a soundtrack into this movie. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. In a few music videos, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it and also is unclear if some of the songs are supposed to be diegetic or not, yeah. or if they're supposed to be Greek chorus narrator or not. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it's essentially if I, uh, let's see what uh, let's see what IMDB says for the summary here. I say, in New York City, a young man searches for a master to obtain the final level of martial arts mastery known as the glow. Yeah. 
It's basically what it is. It's the story of this guy named Tymok, who is an interesting non-actor. Yes. Uh, and him dealing with a unclear what is reality New York and uh, two big bads yes who are trying to stop him and one of them is a arcade mafia magnate who wants to shove his girlfriend into the video world of vanity uh-huh. who is kind of like the woman from new year's evil yeah right like yep. she's un it's, it's like unclear a video, uh, a like, video like host. soul train meets uh, yeah like M- dial mtv yes and it's unclear how big the reach is um <laughs> big enough that william h macy wants to come in at one point surprise yeah uh credited is <laughs> i think it was his first movie he was credited as uh wh macy in oh, the credits. but he wow. looks like a tim baltz character <laughs> yes because it's hard to not he 100 percent does he really does <laughs> no wow that's blowing my mind because you can't unsee that it's william h macy yeah but you're like he doesn't look young but he does and it's clearly he's uncomfortable in this hip quote-unquote outfit yep um uh but yeah it's totally shocking that he shows up also for that one scene i thought he was going to become a larger part of this but no um yeah it's this and but it's also uh got martial arts slash bruce exploitation uh aspects I'll like say. it really is everything. I I like this movie a lot because it it lives in a heightened reality. Yes. And it establishes that heightened reality like immediately. Yes. And it it stays true to that heightened reality so then therefore you're like, "Oh, that's the world we live in." Even right. though it's New York, it's still like, "Oh, that's the world we live in." It does it throws you a little bit, I think, into the, what the heightened reality is. Like when the appearance of show enough in the movie theater really is just like, oh, okay, this is this is what is going on. This I guess you're tone. just I guess this is the tone. I I do think it is that's why I think to me it's like in between I mean the Apple is full on with its crazy tone. Yeah. Big Trouble is just obviously is just uh, maybe not obviously, but to me it's just the more successful of all those three. If in this yeah. maybe unfair comparison of just establishing because look, baby John Carpenter, he's just the master at setting up this weird world. I I love it because it does feel grounded, but then like your the audience is with our main character who's like getting thrown into this kind of mystical and magical realm where you're like, mm-hmm. this doesn't fucking exist. What the fuck is happening? Right. But then being like, I guess we have to do this, you know? And our hero is not a hero in big trouble. Like, yeah. he's the one who fucks up everything. Every time, yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. I guess that's the, one of the... So one thing, if you haven't watched this as a kid, is that it does throw you into a heightened reality. The reality is super fun. The costume designs are amazing. Yeah, um, really great. But it can be a little uh, uneven randomly with its height and tone. 
Mm-hmm. That and and part of that is then you like at least for me watching it as an adult is like what is the deal with Leroy? Yeah, like, like and what is the deal with him? Because some of New York also because they also use there's a fair amount of footage of him just like walking around Chinatown, walking around the Lower East Side. Yeah, and it's clearly just like our New York. It's not. Escape from New York style. That was the other comparison. Like, not to just have it be John Carpenter, but I did feel like Escape from New York has like this weird heightened reality yeah. as well. Yeah. And and they keep it contained to sets versus this is like, we got New York as a character, baby. Yep. So you just kind of have like normos. And there's almost too many sometimes that where you're just like, but have you seen Shonuff's gang? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the whole theater scene, the whole movie theater scene, it feels like a. Uh, whenever somebody makes a joke about like a cartoon world or wherever thing, and they're like hitting each other with mallets and stuff, or it's a, it's a Gremlins movie theater where everything is just yeah. Looney Tunes, right? Yes. And you're like, why somebody's break dancing in the middle of this movie, and everybody, every single person sitting down is a character? Yes. Like they just they just gra- like they just went they just flew all the groundlings over from L.A. Uh, they got some people from Second City, and they just said, "Hey, come up with a character and just be in the audience." Yeah, and then like Show Nuff's character comes in, and the the that gang is like Looney Tunes as well. It might as well be you know uh, Roger Rabbit villains or something. They're all wearing aviator caps, <laughs> and and kimonos, kind of. Yeah. And football pads. Yeah. <laughs> Various football pads in different ways. It's, uh, it's like yeah. Mad Max, but if they went to like um, a, a Dick's Sporting Goods or something. Played against sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went um, to Sears. Yeah. Montgomery Wards, and they got. Yeah. <laughs> they went to the sports section. Um, so, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, it's. It. it it starts pretty amazing, like just like looking at that slow mo Vaseline, like yep. shots of Tymok, like fucking just shirtless doing karate, hitting uh, arrows out, which apparently they really did. Really? Where they I mean, he's got them. seven black belts according to an interview I found with him. Yeah, they, and I, I mean, don't think ha- this is Frank Duke style black belts. This <laughs> might be real. real. This is actually this actually happened, but I um. I read somewhere that it took like three hours or so just to film those those parts. Crazy, because they wanted to get it right, and it was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's shirtless into fucking chopping arrows in half, and he's like catches the blue one. Yep. Um. Uh. So here's the so so yeah the main actor this guy Leroy is uh it's Leroy Green. Is that his name? Because the dad's name is, or am I getting? Wait, I'm getting it wrong on what his name is. Because uh, of the the pizza. Yeah, the, the pizza, pizza is just a fit. Yes, Leroy Green. Yes, because yeah. the dad's pizza is Daddy He's Green. Leroy Green Senior. <laughs> yes, we have the mix up of uh, Show Enough coming into the pizza shop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, because oh, you mean Junior? And he goes, <laughs> Junior. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the di- so it does it. Throws you into this reality, and you've got to kind of accept this reality. He's doing this, like, training on, like, this boat, I think, in the New York Harbor with his master. Mm -hmm. And his master is like, all right, you did it. You caught the blue arrow. Like, and he's like, no, I need another master. 
And so he sends him on what, uh, look, spoily, a wild goose chase. That's right. So that he can learn that the master is in himself. He needs to rely on himself. You're your own master. You are your, your own domain. Exactly. He's a master of his domain. <laughs> That's where Seinfeld got the plot from. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, I, so here's the, like, one, as soon as he came on, I remembered what, and I don't think this is revisionist history. As a kid, one of my biggest problems with The Last Dragon was even as a kid, uh, Leroy's character kind of drove me nuts. Yeah. Because he's such adult. And that was like, he's he's a non-actor. He was uh, a martial artist. And so they played up the naivete of this character. A bit too much. Yes. It, I think well, it just gets too naivete, and it starts to, even as, again, as a kid, it drove me a little nuts. Yeah. And the rest of the movie around him is amazing, and his fighting is amazing. But his naivete is like, it's kind of can be a fucking nightmare at points. It feels kind of infantile. Like, it just kind of gives him, like, he's in a state of arrested development. Like, you're like, oh, something traumatic happened to him when he was five. Well, and all of a sudden, and he's doing a Bruce Lee impression, too. I think that's part of it, too, where they're like, oh, you love Bruce Lee. Try to do a Bruce Lee impression a little bit. And it's like, that doesn't help. Because when he's trying to go through the voices of, like, uh, like what it is, man, or whatever. When he's yeah. trying to deliver the pizza and go on undercover, but not undercover, where he he's got he's doing these different voices, but so you're like, oh, okay, this is a choice. Yeah, to play it this way. I know that the answer is just like, don't overthink it, let it go, just have fun. But you know, because you are kind of thrown into this reality, and you're like, okay, here's this guy Leroy who's like training in the martial arts. He's probably unique. Uh, he's probably unique in wearing like that hat uh, uh, and uh, the outfit and using chopsticks to eat everything, including his popcorn. popcorn yeah. Like, and it's, you know, played as a bit of a joke. Uh-huh. But when you realize he has a family who are all normal. It then makes it even more confusing. Right. And I could not get over that question in my brain that just wanted it to be answered of like, does he have some deep trauma? It, or or yeah. is he the guy who went abroad for one semester <laughs> in China or London? And you know what I mean? And came back yeah. with an accent sort of And I thing. know it wasn't intentional, but it does feel like it it's closer to trauma. Yes. And so that is hard because especially if it turned into an obsession with a defensive fighting style Mm -hmm. and that he's so buried in himself that like, you know, he comes from a black family who owns a pizza shop in the middle of New York and a black community. But also it's a black community that has this weird (laughs) big trouble in little china there are karate gags Mm -hmm. so then you're like okay you can get a pass kind of but the rest of his family is like what the fuck up is up with this guy yeah except the dad and the mom are very supportive rudy from cosby show is adorable as his daughter i mean as his sister uh cockroach is in there too yeah 
shows up and you're just like, whoa, I forgot Barry Gordy was also, I think, a producer on the Cosby show. Maybe. Uh, I yeah. think he might have been. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> That's the pull of this. That's the pull quote. It's just you doing a Cosby. That's it. Be a Cosby. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's 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 so when you're introduced to like, wait, he has a fucking normal family. Yeah. What the fuck happened to this guy? Like, and you can't help but think of some dark shit. I mean, <laughs> I feel like in the eighties they do some kind of like uh, semi racist. I mean, there's a lot of co opting going on in this movie of all cultures, but sure, uh, <laughs> just kind of strange in certain parts. But um, the uh. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was I talking? I said um, they were. We were talking about how he's definitely has some trauma, and then they're doing some co-opting of cultures. Oh, I was gonna say they're they're supportive because, like, they say like, "Oh, we're defying expectations." But if this were an '80s movie, like, I mean, this is an '80s movie. God yes. damn it, Jeff! What am I doing? <laughs> what uh, are you doing? <laughs> so, if this were another movie of that era. They would they would explain it away or try to justify it with being like, oh, he was raised by a sensei, he was an orphan, and you know yeah. he was taken in by the dojo. He was left at a do the steps of a dojo when he was a baby. Or if it was like JCVD, that. they would be over explaining exactly. why he's got an accent, why he's making this choice. Exactly. But it, they, it's like there maybe their explanation they do think is just like no, no, just parts of New York have accepted this reality, like you know, and it is playing with that. Uh, both grindhouse culture and you know i i think like uh d- deep in uh like the black communities of new york like we're also like where martial arts movies were played i mean that is like uh shaolin like yeah. it's like you know set is the lineage of like wu-tang is just coming yeah. from watching street fighter watching fucking you know jackie chadway watching shaw brothers um uh and so that and that is interesting because it is like representing of the culture that Barry Gordy is where like is representing with like Motown culture. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 but it is odd too, because like with that, sometimes they're like playing with like, Oh, I guess that's supposed to be the joke is that the Chinese. Yeah. Fortune cookie guys are acting like they're black. Yeah. They're co-opting that culture. Yes. And then he's co-opting. And every, yeah. I mean, basically, everyone's co-opting everything. But that's yeah, it just feels <laughs> I mean, what this feels movie like New becomes. York at the time, right? Yeah. Like you're just kind of being like, "Hey, everything's cool." It's just, uh, yeah. yeah. But it like- is just there. There, it would be. I. It's. It's like both not needed to get a, like any backstory, but like you're like, all right, you found a, a fucking guy. You maybe have your own dojo. Like he maybe runs his he own teaches, dojo. Yeah. <laughs> his own, those are all his students, students that come. Yeah. Which is kind of confusing. Just it's like it exists just for comic relief and using it later. Yep. Um, Ernie Reyes Jr. comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Ernie Reyes Jr. just shows up. Ernie Reyes Jr., who most of us know from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 yep. and Surf Ninjas. Uh, and I just watched him on Red Sonia on the Get oh, Me Another yeah. podcast. He's in that. He's really great. But I, what's kind of weird to me about this movie, Jeff, not weird, but I, it's kind of interesting that it's, 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 they give Bruce Lee a spiritual, like, element. Yeah. Like, somehow he is, like, this, this um, I don't know what, what the term I'm looking for, but it just, like, there is a spiritual nature to Bruce, uh, supernatural 
yeah element and even though bruce lee movies never really did that that angle it was just all like you know no well (laughs) so it was kind of funny or interesting to me that they gave him this supernatural element and this thing called the glow yeah i mean i guess it comes from if you're merging every genre absolutely yeah that they, you're just like all right well that's i mean because it i mean this movie does speak to but also to some extent like while i was watching i was like oh it's a little bit of like a chicken or the egg sort of situation because you know i think this movie is was is and was though very popular with some people uh including us but you know the bruce lee is like a weird concept like he it's it's Bruce Lee's amazing, like yeah, it's truly. Martial arts, but not it's martial arts, but not ninja. Kind of what's right. going on in that because of canon, right? Know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and we even see in like No Retreat, No Surrender, he gets a spiritual aspect as well. Like I just Bruce Lee is just ninja so interesting magic. because like he didn't really do a lot of movies because he died so you know yeah, suddenly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but his persona like earned is he's a little bit like Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Where it's just like, we like, you know, like I was listening to the two old Queens talk on Gabriel's podcast, And there was like, they were like blonde came up and I think like Mark Granny was like, can we just let her die in yeah. peace? Like there's a, is a little bit of just like, man, you just kind of like, you can really keep pumping out the concept of Bruce Lee. And I think, that's part of the the magical, I'm sure someone has said this before, part of the magical equation of Bruce Lee is because he died so quick, like, you know, with right. such a short career, he's just like James Dean, like, except Jim where you Morrison, can... F- where they, they yeah. put that on him. You, you know, can yeah. fill in the gaps. He, what, he didn't get old enough to become this issue or this issue, like, in, right. in the mythology can kind of be created enough that it like becomes questionable in like once upon a time in Hollywood that, and then you got this yeah. problem and this pro- like but because he is beyond he's not really even Bruce Lee anymore he is just now this concept yeah. so weirdly the glow does make sense it's almost like prescient to that that's what he will continue to become is just like yeah. this obsession with a, a and again a great fighter and great actor and like you know kind of created a whole subgenre with bruce exploitation movies but the idea of like they talk about with that one uh, uh student of his the one who uh is basically like i don't need to learn to fight yeah i just need like, to learn to noises and yeah, which, intimidates them, which, which is a like very not funny scene yeah i love that of scene. How the sound he makes when he gets kicked in the face is <laughs> still so funny to me uh, like how he just <laughs> like how he just goes down <laughs> immediately great stuff it truly is uh but yeah i mean that is it that is one of the interesting parts of this movie is it is kind of but it, it, it's kind of commenting on the 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 voice the 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 spirit of Bruce Lee infecting the entire world, but also kind of helped to create that along, yeah. By creating this, also this, you know, essentially a very early black superhero in the eighties, the 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 logical extension of black exploitation mm-hmm. and karate films to be like, oh, we can continue to do that and like make him uh, a superhero essentially 
again, it would have worked a little bit better if he's not so <laughs> naively annoying. Like, I mean, the one that really drove me crazy is when Vanity's character takes him back to the studio. Yes. And she's like, I got something to show you. And he's like wide eyed and he like is like, oh, look. And then he's like <laughs> trying to do the moves with it like he's a toddler. Yes. And then she comes and she gets close. She's like on him and he's still like, oh. And then he sees Bruce Lee kissing a woman and he's like, I do that too. And it feels <laughs> weird. It feels it's off. like watching it, a baby make out. Yes. And you're like, Oh, what it's it's played way too naive cuz he it, also looks back at Bruce after he makes out with her. Yes, like I did it. I did it. Like it's just kind of like it feels that part like drove me crazy watching that cuz it's like it'd be like somebody like if I were dating somebody and they they took me uh, in a room, and there was a bunch of Smashing Pumpkins videos playing, <laughs> and I'd be like singing along to it and playing air guitar and being like, "No one would find this attractive whatsoever." <laughs> yeah, it's like they brought me in a room, and there's a bunch of "I Hate God" albums playing. <laughs> I'm just playing along, uh, much like when I used to have the cover of uh, "I Hate God's Dope Smick, uh, Dope Dope Sick" as a poster in my room. That was I've told you a poster of but a woman getting her eyelids sewn you, back though. on. Huh? That's how your wife proposed to you, though. That is very true. Uh, yep. uh, she played all of Take is Needed for Pain mm-hmm. while she was on her knees, uh, yep. holding a ring. And I said, hold on. This part's really good. Hold on. Yep. Um, it was beautiful. Uh, that's our wedding song. <laughs> <laughs> you walked down the aisle, too. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, yeah, it is. I mean, especially because also, look, we are just human beings here. We have talked about this on many movies that we have covered in the past recent future. Past recent future is the next men movie. I love uh, that. Uh, look, we texted to each other. Vanity. <laughs> vanity just uh, is just. Uh, we love vanity. We I mean, love vanity. Recently, and it makes me so upset what happened to her yeah. in her life. Yeah, it makes me so fucking upset because she. Uh, I mean, it's like one of those prince proteges that you're just like, you, you should have made it to the other side. You yeah. Know, like you should have, like, because she is just. Everything she works for vanity, these movies. She, like, love. her acting works for these movies. Yes. Like, I have no problem. I never. That's the weird part. You always. She's stunning. I know. She's a smoke just show so and. Fucking stunning. And just, yeah. Like, uh, just so sexy and yeah. cool. And just like. God damn it. Like when she's singing that song, that Seventh Heaven song, I'm just oh, like, boy. oh, just the oh, tingles boysers. everywhere. Oh, boy. Just phantom tingly all around and then adult tingly and everything's <laughs> Every tingly. Every inch of my cells. <laughs> so here's I have a giant cells, by the way. Oh, they Those are, are huge. Huge. <laughs> huge. Um, so here's what I also do want to, I want to clear up plot stuff for me. Good luck. Yeah, thank you already. So basically, all right, we got Leroy. He's uh, maybe an alien uh, who's thrown down to Earth. Right. Or he is just a... fell to Earth, yeah. Yeah. Actually fits a lot. Not that that far off. If that that were the case, Jeff, that would make more sense for him being so naive, but it just... Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 
No, but instead we're imagining he has deep, deep trauma from something that we don't want to talk about uh, that yep. somehow translated into a fatherly uh, uh, guru love for Bruce Lee and uh, speaking in half, almost borderline broken English sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, boy. Um, uh, and not understanding that you shouldn't eat popcorn with chopsticks. <laughs> it's just, it's like weirdly offensive. Um, yeah. And... And then there's also Show Nuff, uh, who is amazing. He's incredible. He's so I love. This is one of my favorite '80s movie villains. Yeah, I think he, he is like, one of the best. Uh, so natural, so cool. I, I uh, feel like Julius uh, Carey is the actor's name, yeah. and I realize that I know him from this, but also The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Yep. That's yep, what yep, I forget. Yep. Which was like a show that I you know, like. I mean, how crazy was it for? children of a certain age to realize that there's a fucking bruce campbell like kind of steampunky like heightened uh western coming out and you're like they canceled it yeah but it's like fox was the only kind of network that would let that show happen oh god yeah it's like we stopped doing werewolf we gotta start doing the adventures which i've been hunting down episodes of werewolf but they're all such bad quality yeah (laughs) i loved werewolf man that fucking werewolf was pretty good i wait was that based off the 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 tv movie werewolf i think they turn i think it started they showed as a tv oh maybe yes i think so and he's got the pentagram and the bloody pentagram in his hands like I when he changes, so, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm thinking. Oh, I just know that they covered the TV movie on um, MST3K. Oh, it might be. Di- we need to look that up because I also feel like, and I could be wrong. I've got a feeling there's like hidden you and me gems in it. Like he'll walk into a club and they're playing like Sisters of Mercy or some right, shit, yeah. and you're like, "All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, let's go." <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, but show enough is like you know he is. Uh, the Shogun of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he just keeps asking if uh, you know what his gag thinks, and they just keep saying "show enough," and he says "show enough." I love that one part where the guy, one of his minions or whatever, says, "That's the only guy that stands between show and total supremacy." <laughs> the way he delivers it is just so like matter yeah. of fact. There it is. Crunch, Beast, and Cyclone are three of the yes. names. Shows up far into the movie for you to realize that <laughs> so here i mean and here's that the thing santa claus guy with the 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 mohawk the <laughs> yes, giant guys yes um uh and then the the one woman who's like the singer of missing persons yes. meets she could be a dancer for like fields of nephilim or something <laughs> <laughs> um so i get so essentially what i'm leading to here is there are two big bads there's shogun and so to clear up the deal with Shogun, why does it feel like he's just finding out about Leroy? Like just that day? I don't think I didn't get that. But what have they had battles before? Like it feels like if you're condensing, it's like he shows up at the theater. I think that's part of it is because I feel like he is man who fell to earth the way he's acting. But I'm like, wait, so was he part of this? weird subculture world of new york where there's karate and they've had battles before because he's kind of like a myth like leroy is kind of a mythological hero kind of in that movie theater scene 
Because he already knows. I think maybe that's what it was, is that he started hearing rumblings about Bruce Leroy. Ah, uh, yeah. About a guy who could catch bullets with his teeth. Like, right. So there's a history there. It was almost right. like a Batman year one that we didn't see with Leroy. <laughs> yes. I, that, that is the thing. I would like a Batman year one for The that's Last Dragon. That's the movie you make. That's yes. the, the prequel to Last Dragon. You uh, see that's the goddamn elevator pitch. <laughs> okay, that kind of makes sense if we just imagine, and we have to fill in the blanks, that there are yeah. fill in the Billy Blanks who almost played the part of uh show enough i believe oh wow. um i believe wesley snipes was really pushing hard and samuel jackson as well um see that. uh and so okay so i'll i'll go with that that makes sense enough to me so then there's also arcadian who yes. is so he's like uh a he's basically barry gordy yeah he's basically <laughs> barry gordy he is a uh uh Maybe in the mafia, kind of. He runs a video game empire, which makes sense for that time. But then I got confused. Is he also trying to get into the video music empire world? Well, because those weird, like, H.R. Giger style, like, video screens. Yes. That are showing like his like Lee uh, Bruce Leroy's dad has one in his pizza place, but I wasn't sure if that was the video thing they were talking about. Like I think that's supposed to be like a new product is part of it. Yeah. Is that those are going to be machines that get put into places and people just watch videos on them? Because it's like a jukebox, jukebox video thing. Yeah. That would make sense to me. And in that, he's trying to Barry Gordy it. Where that he also has like a, a a stable of artists. Yes. And the main one is his girlfriend. It was based off of uh Cindy Lopper. That makes total sense. Yeah. Uh she's great. Yeah. Um, actress is uh, she fantastic. apparently won like a Tony for Guys and Dolls. Um, I, I buy it. Yeah. yeah. She was like perfect for that part. When she turns on him and realizes that like you're a monster. You're using me just for my tits. It's heartbreaking. Like yeah. Like, it's truly a heartbreaking speech. For such a silly character, but the way that she just, like, it's like an Audrey moment, you know? Like, yeah. From Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, it's boy. Like a, I so would like, cry a lot to Audrey in oh, Little yeah. Shop of Horrors as a, a sensitive little boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is an Audrey moment. She really, she pulls a lot out of that speech, and yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't feel... It's that's the weird part about this movie is there are parts like that where you're like, well, that does that feels earned, like yeah. it doesn't feel shoved in, it doesn't feel melodramatic, doesn't feel like it's like a legitimate scene, and weirdly, it's like a scene that could be applied to Barry Gordy himself. Yeah, and does he realize that? You know what probably I mean? Not. Like, probably not. Just like I'm sure, like Menachem and Yoram don't notice shit like that. Like he's so up his like. It's she's essentially like, you're exploiting me for all you care about is yourself. Yeah, I don't even care about this anymore. I thought I wanted to be like a pop star, but I don't even think I did want to be a pop star. Like I think I just and you screwed over your number your number two, who was supposed to be a boxer. Uh, and instead you made him throw fights or whatever and like yeah. and you screwed him over too and now he takes care of a giant 
piranha shark <laughs> i i felt like it felt like so surreal to me every time i see that part where it's just like i remember that scaring me as a kid also yeah. it felt weird. anything like with goonies too and like anytime there was like water monsters or anything yeah where i'd be like uh like especially the tv kind of goonies where you see the uh the octopus yeah, yeah. that always scared me but like yeah it's, it was surreal to see mike star uh feeding meat yeah, like there's like a like it looked like you know a dead uh, piglet and just yes. weird meat, just raw meat. Yeah, he's feeding to some violent water creature, and then when when Leroy dunks his head in the water and that mo- that that was kind of terrifying yeah. to me as a kid. Well, cuz Leroy seems scared. He's trying to yeah. be tough like, and it again fuck? shows <laughs> you he's a, a dirty tank. Yes, and it shows you that he's a trauma baby. Because he's like, he's trying to be tough and act the part, but he like is like, whoa, that is scary. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Like when I was a kid, like definitely water shit, no good. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it's not as strong as the uh, Flash Gordon, uh, put your hand in the piles thing that oh, freaked God. me out so much as a kid. Yeah. Um, and the same with Dune, David Lynch's Dune, Dune yeah. and put your hand in the box, um, with the Gomjabar to the neck, but. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was in there. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I guess like uh, that makes sense to me that it's then like a video machine. He's trying to create, like he is Barry Gordy. That's another, that is the fun part about this movie is he's Barry Gordy's name is in the fucking title and he doesn't maybe completely realize or he does and he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, who's this, who's this character based on this dope? (laughs) (laughs) I really think this guy's an idiot, huh? Um, yeah, it's like when Joanna Bradley did that uh, Hollywood agent character, <laughs> yeah. and agents loved it because they're like, "Yeah, that's what they're like." Not me, but that's the and it's like the no, other guy, me. the other person, yeah. definitely not me. I'm one of the good ones of agents. No, you're not. Um, so yeah, okay, then okay, then that actually talking it through made me understand <laughs> what his deal was because i just couldn't completely understand what his tactic was yeah i still don't completely then, i i guess because he wanted though his girlfriend's video to be played on seventh heaven yes which because, is vanity's show because he could control uh spreading his artist around with this uh video jukebox right but the number one tastemaker this is like Casey Kasem or like uh you know uh MTV the early number MTV one group. on the charts. <laughs> this next one comes. I, don't, I can never do it. Casey Kasem was really bad. Uh, that was close. Like, so, remembers. <laughs> that was Smuckers and Bronson. <laughs> yeah, it is a little <laughs> bit. Introducing yeah. a video. Um, uh, next is Holland Oats. <laughs> Boyo. <laughs> Smucker's Bratz is pretty good. That's that's definitely an impression for no one that I love. <laughs> <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that makes Heaven, sense. Yeah, so Seventh Heaven is like the tastemaker, you know, hit maker show. And if I guess because it's New York, we can imagine that maybe it has like reach. It's not yeah. like a local... Like, whatever the show is that they, uh, you know, Soul Train to some extent, but when it first started, but, like, that mm-hmm. show that they do on Detroiters that they oh, want to get on, that's, like, yeah, the that's local right. dance show. I can't remember yeah. what it's called right now. Dance Train? Or something like that. Um, that episode. Man, that is a fucking great... Still top 10 TV shows of all time. Detroiters. Maybe time. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But, okay, so then that makes sense. And I guess when they discover in the fight then, again, it's me beginning confused on slightly on like what the plot is in the reality because it seems like he wants to put all of his eggs in the girlfriend basket, the Cindy Lauper basket. But then did the the boxer guard discover that other artists that they start playing at the last fight that that like Carrie Fisher like Bizarro Carrie Fisher that sounded right. like Laura Branigan but the song yes. was like pretty good cuz it sounded like Laura Branigan to me yep did he discover that or is that in part of the like cabal of artists he's getting no it's what happened was he was trying to like work the system and it accidentally oh. came on it was a video that seventh heaven had loaded up right and then that's when uh, he was like, hey, who is this? Does she have management? Yes. And it was actually Barry Gordy trying to put the video in the movie for a new artist that he was, I think, representing. So that way, because DeBarge, too, was like one of Well, his so artists. that's a big thing, too, with this movie. Yeah, it's like questioning throughout. And I get the answer probably is like all of them. But like what music in this was Barry Gordy trying to break uh, the new artist for his second wave of Motown, which this is like kind of, I think it's the second wave basically. Like, it's which, the whole soundtrack except for the fake uh, Cindy Lauper, the under uh, the bed porno uh, mag song. Yes, the the it is Cindy Lauper and also like proto downtown Julie Brown. Absolutely, which is awesome. I mean, I yeah. love downtown Julie Brown uh, as Wait, you, you do mean, as not well. Downtown Julie Brown, you mean not Julie downtown Brown. Julie Brown? Julie Brown, not downtown Julie yeah, Brown. Yeah, downtown Julie Brown is Wubba Wubba Wubba. Yes, MTV which host. is also wild that there was a downtown Julie Brown Wubba Wubba MTV Brown. host no, Julie and Brown Julie Brown. Is incredible. Yeah, the um, I need to rewatch Medusa Dare to be truthful, <laughs> dude. Medusa. I remember seeing that on MTV and it just like blowing me away because I just and also I just loved her. Yeah, and I I got to do a I mean, show with Phantom her. Singles with her yes, as well, exactly. and I. I'm sure as a child that you could see her naked at some point, and I was like, probably like, oh my gosh! But in you did a show movie? with her in Medusa. Dare to be truthful. Oh right, yes, yes, yes. There's yes. like one part where they're replicating like an erotica section or one of the videos, and like yeah. I was like, whoa, they really went there. Um, but I did a show with her a couple years ago. Oh, I maybe remember you said what was the show? It was uh, Christina Gaussis and Kay Cannon. They hosted a show. I uh, forgot the venue, but I, I had, it was right after I got done with treatment. Right. And it was like my first show back, and I was so nervous. I was like, great, now I have to perform in front of Julie Brown, a person I love. Yeah. Like, so it was like kind of, yeah, it was it was very nerve-wracking. <laughs> but I'm sure she was wonderful. She was. She was incredibly wonderful, and she's great. Yeah. Uh, what isn't wonderful, Frank, is that I'm just for the first time realizing that when his master tells him to go search out some dumb goy. Yeah. That that is like, I was like, I only literally just now as I'm staring at my notes this whole time we're talking, I was like, oh, that's a dumb. Because I was like, it, I was like, jackass. I know. <laughs> I, these are the times when I feel the dumbest of my life. This is, I always call it, I've said it it's before on the podcast, my transparent moment when I realized that trans parent was the title of that show yes. after I'd already watched like two seasons of it. <laughs> like, this is me, like, I'm si- I remember watching the movie like, and I'm like, this is supposed to be like a cream of some young guy. Right. Terrible joke. 
but it's what a is the joke? joke? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, some dumb goy. Okay, and it could be goy or guy. It yeah. could be like um, goy, because uh, uh, yeah, they also play fast and loose with some racial terms in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and so yeah, I, I'm just I just needed to say that, that I'm glad that I uh, if, if I feel <laughs> you finally realized it. And I'm yes, I'm an idiot. People is what is the point of this is. But yeah, just also say he needs to seek that out. That's where we, that's where we encounter. What is the song? The uh, there there's like the three like guys who work there. Oh, you saki to me, I saki to you. <laughs> yes. They're singing along. They're not. Are they singing that song, or are they singing along to that song? I couldn't tell. Yeah, I'm trying to look at my notes here to see if I. <laughs> I just uh, write. Yeah, I because I wrote out it's diegetic, and then I go wait. The Saki R A B. Yeah, R and B is a diegetic. Saki song. Saki song. Yeah, I don't know. I hasta la pasta. Buenos <laughs> knishes. <laughs> It hardly makes sense just merging all ethnicities in phrases, which is kind of fun. There's also like confusing racism. Like when he shows up to, uh, what's his name? Arca- uh, what's the guy's name? The bad guy's uh, Arcadian or is Arcadian? It's one of those. Yeah, I can't remember. But when he shows up and he goes, we didn't order out. And you're like. He's dressed like a ninja. Or yeah, like, he's not, there's not. That's very. It's a long walk to make yes. that joke. It's a. There are definitely some long walks to make bad jokes in yeah. this one that don't really work. I will say too that was a very canon moment as well because it might have been him, but it did not look like yes. uh, Tymok's eyes at all. <laughs> I don't think that was him. I think that was a canon ninja move uh why he's a ninja for one scene one scene and the rest no unclear um uh so yeah i think also like going we've talked to we keep going in and out talk about how the surprises of that this world is this world just to sit on that opening that that, because we're not going beat by beat as we usually do we're jumping around but like to go back to that movie theater scene i mean it is it's one of the. This is also a classic '80s movie where you're like, you got to play the game. Is it progressive or is it reductive? Yeah. Like you're like because you're like okay, there might be a trans character. Yes. That's not played for a joke. I don't it think. Didn't feel and, like it. No, it's just it's like it's yeah. kind of like more of just like this. Uh, kung fu movies collect everyone yeah. like uh, in the in this community all walks of life in new york can enjoy this together yes uh uh are is that supposed to be like a bear gang those two guys in the balcony oh <laughs> and like the one guy's wearing like a cut like midriff but he's a big guy like yeah. pink like are they supposed to be bears you think or I not no because it's hard to tell because they're not Again, really committing. Feels so heightened and it feels very uh, almost like I'm watching Forbidden Zone or something. Yes, because also like the bad guys always will switch around. Like sometimes they are canon style. Like is that a dude from fucking BTO? Yeah. Like or you yeah. know uh, <laughs> like right. all those dudes at the end are definitely like the dude from Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, I saw some schlubby beards in there. But then they'll be all of Shownuff's crew. 
mm-hmm. or that one like I mean that movie theater is full of the craziest looking people in all of New York. Yeah. Like it's not that they're all crazy for whatever their deal is, but like truly like everyone's face is like a little I got to I I I don't remember the name, but the casting director I was like good casting in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of weird casting that makes you very like very unique looking. Yes, yeah. it's unique. That's the thing. It's very it is totally uh, unique face needed sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy who even runs out to start to, oh, to match Bruce Lee doing his double foot jump onto the boom box. Yeah. Because as you said, inexplicably, someone decides to break dance for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that guy, wild looking, <laughs> like, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a wild movie theater. Um, <laughs> but like you said, it's just that movie theater is kind of a good entry point because you just have to be like, it's truly like, just like, okay, just accept it. Yeah. I That's feel what's like going to be going on. And the seventh heaven scene just kind of like set the groundwork for what kind of world we live in, in this yeah. movie. And also that, that, that beautiful shot of him working out and you see the city behind him. Yeah. I love that, but it kind of gives it this, like, I don't know, the tone, I think, is set pretty well at the beginning for me. Yeah, I agree. And also that Seventh Heaven song slaps, so. I mean, it's impressive that it's a movie that basically works, and it's an advertisement for Motown. Yeah. I mean, because that DeBarge song is amazing. We all love. Um, It was a hit. It was a fucking hit, and it deserves to be a hit, but, I mean, it's truly just a music video. That's it. We're just watching the music video. It doesn't have anything to do with the movie. we're watching the... We're literally watching the music video for the DeBarge song, Rhythm of the Night. It's insane. It truly... Like, you think it's going to end, and then you're like, wow, we're just... This is just... And I guess you could be like, we're setting the reality of video worlds. (laughs) I remember being a kid though and seeing that that scene and being like, "Whoa, I thought that was a woman singing." Sure. I was like so surprised that it was a guy. Yeah. Uh yeah, DeBarge has a consistent high falsetto voice. Mm-hmm. Um I do love the pattern of Arcadia or Arcadia just keeps saying, "You can order a la carte." Yeah. <laughs> That's the height of being rich. Is you can order piecemeal. <laughs> it just seemed very weirdly funny to me, and I know it was supposed to be. Uh yeah, youngest William H Macy is wild. Mm. Um uh, uh vanity coming down on that platform at 7th Heaven seems so unsafe. Oh yeah. Just another movie with Vanity being in some dangerous situation. Some kind of danger. Like, why would you do this? Don't put her in danger. Uh I mean, we obviously we've talked about our love of Vanity, but she's also like and that we do think she's perfect in these roles and also is wild in this way. Like when she's singing, yeah. like the tone of what so is supposed expressive. to be. Yes, she's so weirdly expressive. Incredibly expressive. And, and yet c- sexy too. Yes. And combined with crazy video effects to emphasize the craziness where, like, yeah. her lips are flying Yeah, off. where she blows a kiss and we see it on the video screen. But it's also so weird. It always happens with Vanity when you know that she became, like, super Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's like when the lyrics are like something like heaven never burned an angel on fire, which also sounds like a fucking black metal lyric. Oh, yeah. Heaven never 
happened? It would be fucking amazing. Um, uh, but it's just like, there's always, maybe that's one of the reasons we love Vanity, besides that she's just a smoke show too, and just, uh, is that there is always a hint of sadness yeah. to her watching it. Like, it just like, and, and you know, and it's, we both like complicated humanity sometimes so <laughs> yeah. just uh i have no complications with loving that fucking eddie money meatloaf chubby little metal rocker kid yeah that kid <laughs> i love him so much he's great uh he's got a fucking two motley crew patches quiet riot that, yep. iron maiden <laughs> wearing a fedora <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it so much um he oh is us biggest surprise casting in this one completely can you guess what actor i think is the most surprising maybe you didn't even notice he was there um are you talking about when um oh tom cruise shows up he runs through the scene and breaks his his ankle and just keeps running he kept running (laughs) yeah and he does a helicopter dive it's wild no one does it but they cut uh, that scene out. You have to go to YouTube to see that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. We watched no, the extra. No, Did we not talk about that? I, I think I might have missed Mr. It. Chaz Palminteri. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. Yes, yes, yes. As the driver, Sal, who is supposed to be her driver, but then is taking her away because maybe he also works for Arcadia now. Yes, and I think that's what it was. Arcadia's got a bunch of like, hey, Majagaluk. Boonga, hey, yo, I'm a stereotype. But yeah, then watching Chaz Palmateri have to do a karate fight is very <laughs> funny to me. Like, he does not look comfortable doing it. Yeah. One day um, I'll be respectable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, again, as a child, I remember being annoyed that fucking Leroy drops his medallion yes that look we find out it's just a buckle a belt buckle at the end that the, the, his his master was trying to teach him a lesson that he does not need a master but also we've been watching this dolt with trauma wander around new york for like 40 minutes at this point and the dumbass drops his fucking medallion my god so annoying. <laughs> buy a clue, guy. <laughs> Please trade in that medallion and buy a goddamn clue. <laughs> uh, he's wearing a Bruce Game of Death outfit. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild as well. It's like, where do you even get that? Yeah, and where can we get one in our size? Oh, yes, I would love to show off my gut. <laughs> Let me get that skin tight. <laughs> Am I less than impressive gene meat? We take it back. We don't want one. <laughs> no, I'd look like a minion in it. <laughs> Ooh, banana. Bello. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love Stuart's lip noise. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, there's two big bads. Uh, oh, it's also just funny. Like, when you... When throwaway jokes make you realize that Rick James lives in this world. Oh, yeah. It's just weird. It throws me off sometimes. Like, uh, oh, it's a Dutch treat move. Or not Dutch treat. Detective School Dropouts. When we were complaining about that. To have like a weird reference, like a modern reference. Mr. T reference and yeah. Yeah. 
in detective it's, school. You know what? It, it's a reference version of doing. Uh, I was listening to my favorite podcast with Gorley and Rust, and it is amazing. I point. I keep pointing out to Jason. He hasn't listened to it, but uh, Paul Rust. Uh, maybe one time we'll have on the pod. But uh, he often does a Garlock butt. Like oh, he'll yeah. do like, and so he did one on the last episode. He's like, "Look, I love the Disney movies, but <laughs> I really hate when they shove in like a corny Joss Whedon style ironic joke." Like, uh-huh. uh, so that happens. And he's right. like, there's definitely those are in Frozen. And I was like, yeah, I, that's one of the, I mean, I don't love Disney movies that much anyways, but those will take me out because you're like, it's not funny. It's the rhythm of a joke. Yeah. And it makes me like get distracted for too long. And that's what happens. I think with these like pop culture references just shoved in, it's just like the easy joke, but I'm just like, <laughs> okay, so Rick James does exist. And does that somehow then also explain that, like, Barry Gordy exists in this world? I don't know, but it... Uh, Prince maybe exists in this world. Served as an influence for Shonuff. Yeah, I mean, and he does. He's not wrong. Shonuff does look like Rick James in, <laughs> in Play It Against Sports Pets uh, as he makes him kiss his Codverse. Uh, yes. That's fucking great. Oh, yeah, the dad's pizza. Daddy... Leroy's pizza is just direct your pizza to Daddy O's pizza. <laughs> I'm gonna say most supportive parents I have ever seen, maybe in any movie ever. Oh yeah, usually you would have like a broken home or like the they're like, what are you doing wasting your life with this priestly yeah. nonsense? And nope, they're not they're not Saturday Night Fever. It's just in the him. brother, yeah, they're not yeah. staying alive in him. It's just the brother is a pain in the ass, but only because the brother wants to bone vanity. Yeah. And only because of his age is the thing keeping him from that because it's, again, it goes to, like, it starts getting weird when you're like, he's going to fucking get his dick wet and he shouldn't (laughs) with Vanity. Like, it's like that end scene when he's yelling, like, can you teach me moves? (laughs) And they all laugh. It's like, hee, 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 I've suffered trauma. And he's like, oh, boy. And it's like, no, they're laughing at you because you're a child. Yes, you don't even understand what this thing is between your legs and why it stands up sometimes. Well, that whole speech that he gives about, like, uh, art, like, he he doesn't have a paintbrush, and then it's yes. He's like being coy, being like, "I have this friend. I, uh, uh, can you help me? I mean, but uh, uh, and it's like what goes on way too long too. It makes yeah. it very awkward, and you're like, we could probably trim this up, yeah. I mean, also unprofessional. Like he yes. just got hired yes. for his first day of being Vanity's bodyguard because, as she says, a lot of weird guys have been following me around lately. Right, and he's uh, like, "How do I bed you?" Yeah, and he immediately is like, "Fucking." Hashtag me too. Like, yeah. like, not like he's like, he's the antithesis of hashtag not all men, but he also does not realize, like, you know, that he's a creep because he has trauma. It's very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> the trauma layers of this guy. Uh, he is some dumb goy. <laughs> some dumb goy. Um, uh, yeah, they, oh, I did also. Uh, because there are reasons why you and I should not be wearing a game of death skin tight suit. I noticed that the calzones only cost a buck twenty five, and I was like, "Oh, goddamn!" I would buy twenty <laughs> yeah. of them. I would throw down a twenty and get fat. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I say, close oh, down the shop. 
You don't need I mean, to sell anything else today, baby. I'm dining in. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I guess it's also interesting because we see this is where the world that you explained to me starts to also pull together because, you know, show enough goes to the pizza place and then they all they fuck it up and destroy it. Yeah. Even that as a kid, just, I remember it annoying me because I was like, God damn it, Leroy, if you had just gotten there like two seconds earlier, yep. this would not have happened. But there is an Arcadian uh, video machine in there yep. playing yeah, another sexual that. song from his... Which is also another interesting thing that it's like this woman who's like, you're just using my tits for yourself and that each of the songs are sexual. Mm -hmm. But then it's also the complicatedness and this feels like a canon, but also just 80s move because you're like, but it's Barry Gordy and all of the vanity songs are giving me and Frank and every single person in the world phantom tinkles. I mean, but it's like, pretty tame compared to other vanity stuff. I know, I know. I mean, especially after Action Jackson, that yeah. was just like, she might as well have just said, here is my vagina in Action yeah. Jackson. Like, there's like no <laughs> sexual innuendo in that no, fucking movie. All, yeah. uh, while she does heroin. Um, uh, or whatever the drug is, they never really we say in Action it's Jackson. Got, got a green glow to it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I think you're just trying to use me to get what you want. It's all for you. Woof. So good speech yeah. from her. And funny that she says, I'm going to elocution class. <laughs> yeah, that was a good joke. Well, just because even that is like, oh yeah, it's like he hobbled her. He like kept her in yeah. this like, oh, I'm just Cindy Lauper. <laughs> yeah, just kind of uh, like a twee dumb yeah pop star yeah although i will say i mean like cindy lopper's voice really does not sound that far off of that like it doesn't I when mean, i, I worked for arista records it... one of my bosses was like her former a and r and they were like close and like i do feel like there were times like she would call in and i'd like answer and i was like whoa you're like <laughs> i know that's really her voice yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> captain lou albano sitting behind her there jesus just thinking about the we are the world <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I might have to watch that when I'm done with this. Um, behind the scenes, man. Always a good watch. Have you ever watched the behind the scenes or the recording for the metal We Are the Worlds that Dio did? Uh, I, I've seen clips of it, but I've never watched the whole thing. It is beautiful. It is oh. truly like, because also Spinal Tap is in there. Yes. So like David St. Hubbins is very fucking funny. Where he's just like, it's so good to see all of my friends. Well, I'm not friends with many of them, but I've met them today, and now I consider them friends. <laughs> um, but like that song, people, if you haven't heard, Dio uh, was not allowed, and you see it in the Dio doc, but he yeah, was not allowed to be in We Are The World. So he started his own hearing aid, which his song, We Are Stars, it sounds like an extended Dio song, and he lets every single guitarist do a solo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And it the is, song is 40 minutes long. It is so long. <laughs> I've got the 12-inch, and I listened to it a surprising amount. Probably sounded a lot like that concert you just went to at the Viper Room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Michelangelo, Michelangelo. Batio from man, Batio, he brought out Nitro. that double neck guitar, oh. and he was shredding it, and I loved every second of it. Man. And it was such a weird mix. I've never been to the Viper Room. I kind of wanted to go. And it was such a weird mix of, like, old school metalheads like people that were on the sunset strip in the 80s yeah. and 
the most annoying influencers who bought a table. It's like four hundred dollars to buy a booth table. Jesus, and they were like all like dressed up in cosplay and stuff and had a professional photographer there and, and wow. taking every all these women on their phone and stuff. It was wild. It was like really like this is such a weird group of people, but it didn't let me down. That's uh, awesome. DTF opened up. Uh, if you've never heard or seen of uh, DTF, it's basically like the Marty and Elaine of uh, of metal. Oh, <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a guy who looks like he's a dentist, a rich guy who just put a band together and he wants Man. to do these covers. And he met, he said, uh, I met a young lady last week here and her name is Lollipop. Come on up, Lollipop. <laughs> and she sang Cherry Bomb. And wow. then this uh, other woman came up to sing Black Dog and she was phenomenal. And like, she like blew everyone out of the water and then when they went back to playing i think people were like no 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 bring her yeah, back. Bring me back 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 she's the, she's the star let's, let's wow what are you doing yeah. man yeah the sunset strip does not let you down like no i've only done that one show at the whiskey and oh, that yeah. was still like a death a metal show like i went it was like immolation and blood incantation but it still was like there were enough of like whiskey fans like just there to, oh, yeah. for the whiskey and also Maybe the Viper Room felt this way too. I like the whiskey. I was just like, it is so small. Small. It is small. It's like you you go in downstairs. There's like a little bar area down there, and then you go upstairs, and it's a very small club. Weird. I still like haven't been to lit. Troubadour. I haven't been to Rainbow. Uh, we pl- we played the whiskey. Troubadour. Uh, we, played we played the Troubadour. Uh, I haven't been to the Rainbow. Uh, I went to yeah. Roxy last year. Okay. Yeah, wh- a whiskey is just like, and it's in the 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 stage is is in the corner, and they put up tape of where you're supposed to stand and then where you can walk. So like everyone has to shove in this weird little area. It's just an odd vibe, uh, much like this movie. Um, uh, yeah, brothers are fighting. Uh, oh, the fact that he didn't think of a disguise until he watched it in a Bruce Lee movie drove me up a wall. That me too, and then even like the disguise. What he spent all that time trying to think of a voice, and then as soon as they open the door, he talks exactly like yes. he does. Yes. And it's like, yeah, of course you have a hat and a sunglasses on, right? This isn't going to work. You are a child. Yeah. Uh, he that seems fun and annoying all at once, but we find out that the master is a is a uh a fortune cookie machine an ai computer ai man that's the thing back then 1984 man fucking predicted it man but it's just shooting out uh bullshit confucius style like wisdom etc that was like oh no i got screwed here sorry you're gonna say something i think no that's what i was okay yeah yeah like yeah it's fucking crazy uh Oh yeah, the the Cindy Lauper lady tries to find him. It did. There was the line when he goes, "How about something in a medium sized Oriental?" Oh. <laughs> it's like I was like, "God damn it, don't make me laugh!" Because he delivered it pretty well, like mm. that actor. <laughs> uh, but that's also what you're getting in this movie. Sometimes you just got to deal with that. That's just how it is. It's 1985, baby. This is fucking Barry Gordy. Um, I love that Laura Branigan song, uh, Charlene. Yeah. I liked it too. I was, I mean, this whole soundtrack is pretty great. I, I, there's not a bad song on it. Like, I mean, it's pretty fun. There's like, and and a lot of it is rapping style. Like I said, where it's just like, you're the last dragon. (laughs) That song too. Like, there's something about that song I can't put my finger on, but I like the, the, 
the structure of it because it kind of feels like a little like starship, but yeah. then also like kind of weird proggy elements, but then also with yeah. 80s like pop. There's they're not just uh, the the songs are there's a fair amount that are not just straight 80s pop songs like there's yeah. like a little bit more something interesting going in the background music most of the time and they do feel a little bit more epic. Uh, it feels and, like if Starship, yeah. Kansas and yeah. um sticks. Uh, <laughs> and what? Sticks. <laughs> yeah, sticks like got together and they did a song. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're fun. Uh, I, I might have to try to find the soundtrack. Um, and yeah, Ernie Ray Jr. shows up out of nowhere. Um, and when he does, he's just fucking doing good shit. Like that cool one shit, time, yeah. when they pick him up by his head and then he double oh, kicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does that like switch kick in the air. My God. Fucking it great. So cool. Um, yeah, the power of love of the tiger. You're the tiger. <laughs> that song just like the lyrics just keep rolling. Here's like and keep I'm adding like, information. It. Yeah, because I had the closed captioning on, so I'm catching more of the lyrics this time. And I'm like, okay, this is great. We got Goliath. Wait, who is Goliath? The John Goodman looking dude who's oh, like yes. the the big bad or one of the bads uh, yes. for Arcadian. Yep. Uh, Santa Claus with the mohawk. Santa, yep. I, I will say, and this is on my end, that the, the fight, the big fight at the end is, well, it's the, 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 the A fight is good, but I also have been watching a lot of Jackie Chan movies lately. Oh, yeah. And so then you're just kind of like, well, I mean, yeah, the shit he's done is crazy because <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's if you your brain, you think your brain's going to explode from what he's doing and then they'll do something crazier in a Jackie Chan movie like Drunken Master and Police Story. And it is oh, wild. Yeah. Um a lot of but thumbs up happening during this fight. Lots of too. thumbs up. Like, lots of 80s fighting thumbs up. Like, you're good, I'm good. Hey, we're all good. You over there, yeah. we did it. Uh, you get some nunchucks. As break we've, dancing out of ropes. Break dance out of ropes. Like, yeah, it is just like you're kind of getting it all. Uh, they're checking off all the boxes. Uh, and then you think that's over. And then you're like, no. And then literally, Arcadia's just like, go to plan B. AKA another set piece. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, his brother follows him in, or he ends up saving his brother from Shonuff because now Shonuff is working with Arcadian, but doesn't want the money. He just wants to fucking stick it yep. to fucking Bruce Leroy. Um, take, oh, this, yeah, it's just what all you said with Kansas and everything, because, like, the next song is, like, take life one day at a time, that's what a wise man said to me. And it's all, like, harmonized. And yeah, stuff, it so sounds just, like yeah. there's this Canadian pop prog band called Saga that I love a lot, and, that, and it sounds like Saga to me, yep. like, also. Like, I'm like, all right, I gotta get this fucking soundtrack. <laughs> um, it all sounds like songs that if Daft Punk pulled the sample, you wouldn't be surprised. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, because it's like, as he's fucking getting basically waterboarded <laughs> by fucking well, Show Nuff. I have a question. So Show Nuff yeah. has the, the, the glow, too? That was shocking to me. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was, so like, I was like, oh, so anybody can get the glow if they reach a certain point? And uh, like, apparently. It's kind of Star Wars style where they're like. So the glow is the force is now we're yes. going to grab onto. And yes, that there is a dark side of the force or the glow just matches with whatever clothing you are wearing. Yes. Oh, no, that doesn't work because he's Red not wearing yellow blue. clothing. Yeah. 
but he's wearing red. So maybe we'll go with that. It is like the dark side as red, maybe. So if it knows your soul is bad, the glow will be red. So yeah, that was just kind of like, oh, okay, other people can have the glow. Let's get everyone to get the glow. Get Ernie Reyes to get the glow. Yeah. You don't think he deserves the glow? glow. Give Vanity the glow. Give her the glow. Give her the glow. (laughs) Some sparkles or something. (laughs) Yeah, Fanny had some sparkles. I take that. Uh but yeah, I am the glow. He fucking realizes that. He's glowing the shit out of it now. And it is. Yep. Then it's just a fun ride. I mean, and then right. the song is just about that shit. It's, it's just like, it's spelling out what is happening. Or what the, it there's a line the that says, you possess the power of the glow. And you're like, yeah. all right. You are the last dragon. There you yeah. go. <laughs> like, I actually, I, <laughs> I kind of knew what was going on. But I guess yeah. thanks for backing it and up. And he's walking over. <laughs> No, uh, I just stopped. And I do like these, like, a 45's going to put it in all this kung fu crap, which also you're kind of <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you could have just done that earlier, but Godspeed. But you, you stopped want- them. Yeah, you stopped your henchman from Making this complicated multi-tier setup. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he... Well, so yeah, and I didn't completely realize that. Is there talk about catching bullets in the beginning? Yeah, because that's what when Shownuff uh, comes up to me and goes, what's this all, all this shit I've been hearing about? Right. Catching bullets with your teeth. And he goes, I'm the master. I'm the shogun. Because it's supposed to be the big thing that he catches the bullet that gets shot at him. Yeah. But maybe that's part of it is that, like, now he is really living up to the legend that has existed. But also, we already saw him chop an arrow in half with his hand. So I'm, like, kind of yes. like, yeah, I mean, so he, he half had the glow. He had a half glow. He yeah. had a half chub. But then he got a glow up. Then he got, and he finally got a glow up, and he really needed, you know, because he kissed Vanity, so that he's got a little bit. Glow, yeah, yeah, that gave him the glow a little bit. Maybe all he needed was an erection to to bring out the power inside of him. Again, shows that the deep trauma this guy had, where he's infantilized himself, yep, because of his trauma in that moment, <laughs> and also co-opted another culture. So he's become a baby who co-opts another culture. Mm. But all he needed was just to get like a boner and cream his jeans by accident because of vanity. And look, she's gonna do that. That's gonna happen with a vanity. It's going to be like in the Brady Bunch movie where Peter kisses that girl and all of a sudden he has a deep voice. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that would have been great if he's like, listen, baby, I got to go take care of something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it is a little bit of a reverse boner that at the end he still seems to be a baby. And he's right. like, I, I want to know moves. <laughs> yeah. Can you teach me some moves, please? <laughs> I do like that his last move before he disappears is to fucking hang Arcadia like it's the end of Cobra. <laughs> yes. And the cops are like, save it for later because you're going away for, for good this time, which in- indicates that he had been arrested before. Right. And I guess I'm like also like, though, no, I guess there's kidnapping charges. Yeah, there was a little I mean, bit that was, I guess there is, because at first I was just like, what are his actual charges? Well, I will kidnap. Yeah, because he, yeah. he also uh, assaults. There's so many at different. At least attempted uh, assault or assault. Yeah. No, there's assault. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's like conspiracy to take over. I don't know. It's like. Jim I'm not going to lie, Frank. Shit. I think he's going to get off. I think yeah. that I think Tucker the charges Carlson's aren't going to stick. Show the footage and it's all edited. Yeah. Like all I see here. 
Exactly. Is, and let me show you seven. on my Arcadia video machine. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, like, yeah, at the end, it feel, uh, what I was really upset with uh, her assistants and the makeup guy. Who yeah. come to like, where have you been? And it's like, do you not fucking see what's happening here? But that is the weird tone of this movie. Down there? Right. Fuck off. The weird tone of this movie is that there is this whole subculture world happening, and then no one seems to see it. No. It's like a real, like, can John hear Garfield talk or can he sort of situation? You know what I'm saying? It does feel <laughs> like they step through a realm, right. and then, like, all of a sudden, like, a realm just disappears, and all of a sudden, they're back in the real world, and they're like, where have you been? Yes. Uh, but I... It it. It's the end of Masters of the Universe. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Gwildor fucking fucked with the time key one last time and let in the makeup (laughs) artist to yell at her, who I I think should (laughs) have... Uh, drinking barbecue sauce the whole time. <laughs> oh, baby, I've been doing that lately. Oh, baby, where's that game of death suit? I've been drinking Ever barbecue sauce. Ever since we watched Masters again, I was like, I got a Nalgene bottle and just filled it to the brim with the BBQ sauce. You've been going on hikes, but you've got one of those camel packs and you fill it with <laughs> BBQ sauce. <laughs> yep, tangy. Uh, I wish Taylor Negron played the part of that hairdresser who comes running in i just right? think he would have been better it's, it's, that's, been perfect. that's just me and then yeah he disappears but then all of a sudden it's a fucking white party yeah. uh and he comes in wearing a white kimono uh and with flowers and, and he then, hides behind that little like uh draped veil or whatever yeah. and he waits because he's like i bet she sees me now and then he steps out and he's like hi fucking deep down trauma hound comes walking out i think that's what skinny puppy wrote that song about is that this guy <laughs> is just a fucking trauma monster and yeah he wants to he's yelling out i want to have sex is basically me want put penis in vagina yeah. <laughs> like in weird May we fuck- have the sex yet <laughs> And his brother maybe gets too defensive. He's like, he ain't no cornball. He's my brother. And he's the master. (laughs) Jeff, see, that's full circle. Because remember before he goes, remember, I'll take you in here. But you got to remember, you're not my brother. Exactly. He's ashamed of him. And he's saying all these racist things about him, calling him all these names. But now, wow, he has ultimate respect. He has ultimate respect. And Barry Gordy gives the final ultimate respect to Smokey Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> the song ends with a Smokey Robinson. Which it's has, like new got, meets old. <laughs> Smokey Robinson's got that uh, Michael Jackson falsetto going. In yeah, this, he though. does. He does. It's definitely second wave Smokey. <laughs> it's Smokey yeah, trying it's to keep 80s up. Smokey. Yeah. What is the name? Oh man, I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not. Jason Gore shared it with me. Smokey Robinson's maybe his new album. Um, oh no, that's uh, is it real? I, I saw it. Yeah, it's like Gasms. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I believe that's what it is. It's like it's his picture in Gasms. Oh my god, yes, it's Gasm. So this is that's Mach three. Home. It's time to Gasm. <laughs> there is no or. There's only Gasm. <laughs> there is no or. Only Gasm. <laughs> gasm. Hmm? 
that's going to be uh, Baby Yoda's first words, people, is him just saying Gasm. That's right. <laughs> I don't remember. I was about to say Frodo. I can't remember what his name <laughs> Baby is. Baby Frodo? <laughs> what is his name? Grogu. 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 <laughs> I still haven't watched any of The Mandalorian. <laughs> this is the way. It'll happen at some point. Um, and so, yeah, Pretty that good. is the fucking last dragon. Yeah, I just have a few uh, quotes, choice yeah, quotes in here. Uh, one, I will gladly designate his ass for dismemberment. <laughs> love it. Great line. I'd love to show you some moves, Leroy. <laughs> you sure look like a master to me. That's another one that I'm just going to play on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, alone in my room. Uh <laughs> Everything vanity says. We just need a super cut just, of vanity. I just talking. need a vanity, yeah, vanity just, cut. <laughs> yeah, the vanity cut. Well, basically, did she? Do you think that she edited that video of all the Bruce Lee stuff? I mean, that is a confusing. But yes, it's like is she just? She's also a novice editor. She just likes to do that on the side. She's the original YouTube super cut. Um, <laughs> I did wonder if William Lustig was in the movie theater. There was a guy who looked exactly like William oh, Lustig. Oh, that's funny. Uh, it just made me happy. Yeah, I'm like looking through my notes. I think we pretty much got everything. I mean, I just, I love this movie. I mean, it's just one of those that always stuck with me as a kid. And then I, I rewatched it maybe a few years ago too. And I was like, still fun. Yeah. And I watched it for this and I was like, still love it. I'm, I'm going to, if it's, I'm going to rewatch it again, I'm sure yeah. at some point. When you're watching that Vanity Supercut alone. Yes. Um, it's super fun. It's uh, I can understand why I watched it a lot as a kid. Um, I think it's a great time capsule, but also mm-hmm. does a pretty good job of mashing up a whole bunch of genre. And as we said, has one or two like moments that surprise, like that speech is uh, is surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, about being used as a product by the music industry <laughs> again totally unself-aware or more self-aware than we could give them credit who fucking right. knows he's on, i guarantee he was on set that day and everybody's nervous because they're like oh is this gonna be where barry finds out that this is about this is him and he's watching the scene and he's like giving notes about like a piece of like a set piece instead he's like not he just doesn't have the the awareness whatsoever and he's yeah like, he's like i only have flowers back there <laughs> i only have one thought and it's making me reevaluate my entire life show enough shoulder pads need to be bigger maybe let's yeah. get hockey pads <laughs> kids like big shoulder pads big shoulder that's the biggest thing i'm taking away go down to play it against sports again <laughs> right it's like you heard the dialogue right about exploiting artists and not caring and yeah i'd hate to meet i'd hate to meet that guy i'd hate to meet yeah, that guy oh, i know it'd yeah. be a terrible guy oh, there's a terrible industry this industry <laughs> anyway uh if you have a chance to look over those contracts don't worry about it just sign it <laughs> nothing will screw you over um yeah the last dragon it's fun as hell and definitely could have been a canon uh, but you know with that we have to give our canon rating we say it could have been a canon but we got to rate this on one to ten cannons that is not how good or bad it is but how canon is this canon movie frank what do you think one to ten cannons i think an eight because this reminded me of like big budget canon yeah like again it's kind of shocking it's not canon it has all the feeling of it i think it's I think it's a, it's up there, I think. I think so, too. Uh, 
and I do think, yeah, I'd give it an eight as well, just because I do think just replace Golan and Globus with Barry Gordy, and it's like it's it's yep. it's it's only that those egos are not going to work together. Like, I I would not be surprised if we found out that there were some dealings uh, <laughs> Probably, over. Yeah. Over Reuben sandwiches and and styrofoam containers, <laughs> like in big macaroni salad bowls, because um, uh, that seems to be what they're always eating so fast in every meeting, which is the every best. Every single like behind the scenes Ugh, thing. I know. love it. God, I would. If I if I had one wish with a genie, it would be to have lunch with Menachem and Yoram <laughs> and be amazed how quickly they eat. Um, yeah, I mean, last uh, last dragon, it's fantastic. Uh, but Frank, this is the point where we gotta let people know where to find us if they just found us because of Last Dragon. So where can people find us? You too can get the glow at Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon Second Canon is one in. And of course, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon. That is where you will find all of our bonuses. Our could have been a canon episodes one month early. You can pick a could have been a canon if you are a member of our certain levels uh, for six months or more. We also have soundtrack videos. We've got bonus commentaries sometimes. A couple extra bonuses that we get in there. All of your support will help, and we appreciate it. But until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. This is the, the Canon. Canon. Vanity, we love you. Limp wimp. <laughs> <laughs>